Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Tough Like a Girl podcast. I'm Nathaniel. And I'm Liz. And we are taking a little jaunt out in space. Uh, We are looking at Space Scouts by Michael. Star Scouts. Sorry, Star Scouts. (laughs) I'm off to a great start. Star Scouts. It's been a long morning already. Uh, Star Scouts by Mike Lawrence. He's the only credited person, so I have to assume he is the writer, artist, inker, colorer, etc. Because no one else is credited. I don't believe. Nope. Just him. So, Liz, you brought this one to the table. How did this one come onto your radar? Um, so originally I had thought there was only one graphic novel on the Dorothy Canfield Fisher list for this year. Um, which again is for... Um, fourth through eighth graders in Vermont, if there's 30 nominated books, if they read five, they get to vote on their favorite. Um, oftentimes we get the author to come to Vermont. Um, I thought there was just um, All's Fair in middle school, but um, which we've already reviewed, but then I realized, oh wait, there's another, it's Star Scouts. We should probably read this one too, because look, it has a female protagonist. <laughs> So it was kind of by like, oh, oops, I've overlooked so, this. So this, so this was, uh, this is an entry of omission. <laughs> <laughs> Almost, yeah. yeah. All right. So Star Scouts, the name is actually very, very telling. So here's the starting premise. We have a young girl named Avani. Yep. Now, <laughs> she gets accidentally teleported onto a spaceship by a young alien girl named Mabel. Now, Mabel is in the Star Scouts and she is trying to do, she's trying to get, I think it's a collection badge. Yes, And because they mentioned it later in the book. Yeah, and she tried to teleport up to her ship a newt, but then accidentally hit the keyboard and it retyped it as new kid. So Avani, who was a new kid at her school, got zapped up and then rather quickly finds herself enjoying the idea of being in Star Scouts way more than the Flower Scouts. Oh, which is, sounds awful. Which is what her dad signed her up for, hoping that it would help her make friends at the new school and was not working at all. So unbeknownst to her dad, Avani joins the Star Scouts and that eventually includes going off to Camp Andromeda, Mm -hmm. which she goes with her troop to try and earn badges and there's a classic rivalry with another troop and you know that it's that kind of story it's making friends and learning teamwork and the value of you know putting differences aside and bloody bloody good lessons blah mm-hmm. so <laughs> yes lots about friendship and working together and all the good stuff that you're supposed to learn and like i would say this was a could see this appealing for my like third through fifth graders is where I'd put it at. Maybe that, some that of my middle schoolers, right. maybe some of my second graders too, but yeah. I was going to say, I could I could see my daughter possibly liking this. Yes, and she is in second grade now. Yes, she is. God, I'm getting old. So what were your thoughts on it? Um, It took me a while to like it. Um, I had, I was about halfway through when I came today and came over here. Um, and so... At that point, you did not seem very positive on not. it at all. I Though I ended up liking the second half better once they got into the competition. 
Um, what really I didn't like was the humor. Like all the stupid... Scatolo but, scatological humor. Scatological There's humor. a lot of it. There's it a lot of it. It was a little much for me, which I guess in some ways isn't fair because I kind of liked it in Space Dumplings, but I felt like it was more clever or something. I don't know. I like Space so, Dumplings better if I were to compare the two. So what you're saying is, is that um, oh, okay. sp Space Whale Diarrhea is more acceptable than, what is it? Um xenological scatology or whatever that badge is that nobody okay, wants to try for. that itself wasn't bad. <laughs> here's what really threw me off at first was the wedgie stuff, um, which was in the beginning. I, okay, I have never, I went through grade school and you know, all 13 years, you know, as a kid, you know, growing up, I've never heard of anyone giving anyone else a wedgie when I was in school. Mm -hmm. I've taught at the elementary and middle school level now. I'm in my sixth year. I've never heard of anyone giving a wedgie. I don't understand this wedgie thing. Like, I don't know. Did you ever hear of anyone getting a wedgie in school? No. Like, this is now, a thing. Okay, this is a thing that annoys me because I've seen it in other books and movies and things like that. And I'm like, no one actually does this. No. <laughs> now, here's what's funny to me. Yeah. I like this pretty much from the get-go. And the reason I like this, to compare it to some of the nitpicks that I've had over time with particularly school or, you know, um, adolescent interaction portions of things like Roller Girl or even Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, where I get very nitpicky about that. I was able to toss all that away because this is set in space with aliens. Yeah, it, had, doesn't, it, it doesn't linger on her dealing with the Flower Scouts and how bratty they are that long and how much she doesn't fit in there. And I, her fighting with an alien, I agree with Pam the alien. Um, the methane breather is a lot more tolerable than her having to deal with humans. We like aliens better than humans. Well, I mean, I like them better, but honestly, if this if this exact same story uh -huh. had been played out like at a summer camp, mm -hmm. all this would be driving me crazy. <laughs> it would, but it doesn't here because I don't feel the need to impose my that's not what what these things are really like onto this because it it is a fantastical enough setting that I can let that hang up go. So I don't have the kids aren't really like that problem because my brain can just go, well, kids on this planet aren't. And I understand they're still like making, um, you know, allegories to Earth. I, I understand that they're doing that, but I'm willing to let go of stuff that would drive me nuts if it was set on Earth with humans that are supposed to be doing believable human behavior when it's aliens. I will just I will give it a pass. It, it frees up my brain to let that stuff go. Yeah. So for me, I, I found this the, really enjoyable. Oh, you really liked it? I okay. did. I liked, I liked this it a okay. lot. I think, here's what I want to say, is I think when I was reading it during this past week and I was reading it in shorter segments, I think maybe I didn't get into the like flow of it so much. And I think reading a big chunk of it today really helped me. Um, too, and so maybe that's why I liked it a little better today. I think it also picked up steam and there was less like, oh, she needs to learn how to do these things. What are these different characters? We got rid of the exposition finally. Yeah. And there was like a central conflict. 
the front half is exposition heavy. The back half is is very quickly paced. Um, and the other thing that this thing did that I appreciated, because I was like, oh god, was that the instant I, you know, it's setting up that her dad doesn't realize she's in not in the scouts that he signed her up for. I was like, oh god, and he's gonna find out, and there's gonna be all, and that never happened. And I, I am. No, he is the most lax dad ever. That he's he, just like, oh, oh yeah. okay, it's Camp Andromeda, and she's like, yeah, it's, it's a flower, yeah. And he's like, okay, you can go away for a week, like without. I mean, like if you want to call the dad into question, I'm not gonna fight you on it. But, but I'm not gonna check into this but like, camp's change name. Whatever, I'll see you a week later, honey. I expected a long, drawn out, always predictable, always the same notes oh, she has to tell a lie and then gets caught thing that is done in friggin' everything. And it's so played out, so tired. And they didn't go there. And I appreciate that. I suspect if this has a sequel or ever gets one, that'll end up there. But I appreciate that it wasn't here because I don't like that storyline. I'm sick of it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I did like her as a protagonist. I liked that not only was she the new kid, she was also, you know, spoke Hindi and, you know... Is, uh... I really liked because she she had gotten in the habit of saying like what she really thinks in yes. Hindi and she does it and the Star Scouts are like you realize that Universal Translator we gave you that's still translating this into something we can understand we she's know like, you insulted oh. us girl and she's like oh oops she, she is a little awkward at points and I like that which makes sense for a kid that age especially one that's a little feeling a little out of place both on earth and definitely in space so um, I really, yeah, she was a good protagonist. I like Mabel, which... I, I figured you were going to like Mabel because she's she's the... Zany, like, ridiculous... It, it, her re her reaction to everything is basically just to throw up her hands and go, Woo! Yep. <laughs> That's, that is her reaction she's to life. essentially Ripley from... Pretty uh, much. <laughs> from uh, Lumberjane. Pretty much. <laughs> if, if, if Ripley had a jetpack, which... If Ripley could get if Ripley could get her hands yeah. on a jetpack, she would. This would be her. Yeah. Well, I also she has my grandmother's name, so I kind of like that. Ah. So I was like, oh. Now I do. I, I have to wonder what is it with with alien birds and um and sort of stepping into the LGBTQ thing because with oh the the with with chicken uh, yeah because we had with um space dumplings we had the chicken who identifies as a hen uh-huh and here we have at the very end steve the alien bird who makes robots he says hi dad hi dad he gets dad picked and up. dad he, he gets he, he gets picked up by two dads it's okay. really cute it is really I cute and i'm not that. i was like aw. i'm not objecting i love it it's just odd to me that two space stories that we've had <laughs> that have had that kind of just a little nod so that it's their thing which i appreciate it both involved alien birds that's a really weird coincidence to me <laughs> i didn't think about that <laughs> that way but yeah um represent <laughs> the alien birds <laughs> LGBTQ birds of the of the universe unite. Oh, yes. Um definitely of the universe. Yes. Uh, and then there's Diane, uh -huh. who's the flying one. She's kind of, she's 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 kind of the perfectionist of she, the um, group. and she's very she's very bendy. Yes. <laughs> kind of her thing. She, she's kind of like one of those little floppy things that um Oh, in in front of the uh car dealership. Car dealership. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. She kind of has that Texture Wacky, waving, inflatable, arm flailing tube man. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Um, 
Oh, I really like the robot that Avani made. Lunchbox. Oh, the that lunchbox. <laughs> So I guess that is a little bit of poopy humor because it kind of like poops out food. <laughs> but I, I did enjoy Lunchbox. And yeah. I mean, the robots in general are fun. We got let's. I think I think we we need to talk about the butt. <laughs> yes, because I was like, what did what does butt stand for? What is what is the butt? And, and you were like, wait, what? And so I was like, I need to find what page it's on, which is on page sixty nine. <laughs> yeah, which was that was that was a lovely uh, we, we were discovery. Laughing about that. We laughed a little too hard about that, but yeah, I did have to hear the sentence. I need to remember what butt means. I'm like, what? Oh, what? was that what I said? That yes. was what you said. So what butt stands for is biometric ultra techno tool. B-U-T-T -T butt. He's a tool. He's kind of a tool. He is. Very... He, he's helpful at the end. But yes. Lunchbox wins my favorite robot award. Um, yeah. And Mabel's probably my favorite alien. So um, what else did I want to say? I like that she frowned found a human friend at the end. Yeah, that was um, which nice. Which I kind of figured would happen because you could tell that Jin, from the little bit of Flower Scouts we saw in the beginning, was kind of warming up to Avani. Yeah. And, um... I like the, uh, I like the variety in alien designs that we yes. get. Because I'm, I'm, honestly, I am pretty sure we never see the same alien twice. So literally every single space scout from the counselors to the scouts themselves they are all unique designs yes which very creative with that i love i always love that some of them are really adorable too yeah um oh that what the one that she teleported first that was like the male version that wasn't a scary monster was pretty adorable oh yeah what what were those i forget what they were called there were a lot of alien names in here. Yes, the, yeah, there were a lot of alien species. I mean, I guess, yes, it took out. me a while to warm up to this book. I wouldn't say I loved it. I think... Purgle, that's what, that's what the Purgle. aliens... yes. Yeah. Um, it's, like a, it's like a sloth cat is the adorable one. And then, and then there's the, then there's the giant monster furry, female. furry crab bug, which is the girl. <laughs> well, I, and I like that they did a couple things like that. Like um, when we see Mabel's parents, Mabel's mom is like towering over her dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there was some nice uh, gender flips there in terms of <laughs> what your expectations were. I, I also really like um, some of the moments where basically where Avani just said, screw it, I'm just going to do something human now. And the aliens are going to like, wait, what? Like when she goes in to, to help save the day at the end, she, because she's, she's been to rodeos and she knows her <gasps> way around right. a horse. They so mentioned that. they mentioned that at the that front up. end and she jumps on a quadruped alien, rides it like a horse and goes giddy up. He's like, my name isn't giddy up. And then she spurs him and he just starts running forward. Whatever you're about to do, please don't do it. Yep. Just, you really like this. I enjoyed this a lot. I think it's I think it's just because I got onto its wavelength pretty much immediately. Pretty much as soon as as she got zapped up, Being which zapped. happens yeah. really quick. In the first part, definitely. It happens really early into it. I was like, cool. Twenty pages. I'm I'm on this thing's wavelength. And I think what has happened a number of times with 
things like Space Scout and uh, I'm sorry, Star uh, Scout. Space Dumplings. Space Dumplings. And and Roller Girl was was another one. Was I do ultimately like them, but it takes me like a third to half of the book to like actually tune into its wavelength properly. I think that was me this time. I think we had the opposite. It was nice to have that flipped for once where you were the one who took a (laughs) while to get into it. And I get to be more unabashedly enthusiastic about it. I'm not the cranky one this time. I am the cranky one. Yeah, it was just a little too much scatology humor for me. And that's fine. I don't, I honestly don't know why that didn't bother me so much. Yeah, it it just didn't. There was a, I, I, there was a lot. I'm not even going to defend it, but for whatever reason, it didn't bother me. And normally it would, but yeah, I'm okay. Maybe it's because it's alien poop. I don't know. Uh, oh, so uh, yes, alien poop. Well, I was okay with the whale poop. I don't know. I think it was also because with space dumpling, Sharon had really talked it up for me, and I, I mean, both of us were like, oh, here's one we didn't know about. Let's pick it up and see how it's going. So no one had tried to sell it to us beforehand this is true um yeah there's a lot of like barf based humor too it's very much appealing to that age group yeah i mean that the the humor is pitched yeah at at the um at the age level that avani herself is so yeah Um, but i had a lot of fun with this one i enjoyed it quite a bit so I get, um, if you didn't have any final thoughts, I guess we can... No, I, I, I'm glad I finished it because, um, I did end up liking the second half and once they got to Camp Andromeda and the competition with Pam, um, that was good. I mean, you kind of knew how it would pan out. Well, actually I didn't quite because I didn't expect her to go and save Pam and everything. And then I thought, oh, well maybe Pam will be nice, but Pam was still grumpy. So I guess I didn't entirely expect that. So there are a nice few, nice surpri- a few nice surprises to this one. Yeah. So. So that's, those are, that's our thoughts on Star Scouts. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll do a quick promotional break. And then we've got listener feedback from Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, where we journey through each issue of the most underrated Marvel series of the 80s while drinking beer, analyzing awesome and amazing adolescent adventures, and absorbing alcohol. We got kids with powers, we got villains with attitude. We got superhero guests, like all of them from the Marvel Universe. We have thematically appropriate beer reviews. We have good jokes and bad song parodies. One stop for all your Power Pack pod-pleasing procurements. And we got alliteration. Find Unpacking the Power of Power Pack wherever fine podcasts are played. Costumes on. And we're back. So last month we talked about Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur Volume 1. So uh, we had a number of comments on the Fire and Water Network, fireandwaterpodcast.com. First one is incredibly brief from Tevya Smolka. Says, sounds fun. It was. It was. Uh, I think you like this this one we just talked about Star Scouts better though. Honestly, I did. I had I had and again, you had lar- a lot of nitpicks about And it, and it was largely the the quote-unquote real settings. It was the stuff that was happening in the classrooms. <laughs> it drove me crazy. It drove me up the wall because if this is supposed to be Earth, we got to keep you it, off Earth. You're telling apparently. me this is if you're telling me this is an Earth Earth classroom, these are the worst teachers I've ever seen in my life. This is I, this is taking me out of it. Um, but next up, we have one from Brian Linton. You want to take that one? Okay. 
Um, I'm sorry to hear that you ran into some problems with your show title. Yes. Thank oh, you for yes. your sympathy. I think we're not going to gripe on that. I already kind of ranted about it. Um, so I'm going to move on. My wife and I got this from the library for our daughter a while ago. Unfortunately, we got this for her at the same time we got her the first volume of Squirrel Girl. Yeah, I'd probably go with Squirrel Girl, too. She was so taken with Squirrel Girl that she never cracked the cover of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. I may need to see I may need to see if I can get her to look at it again. I skimmed through this volume myself, but didn't have a chance to read it cover to cover. My daughter just turned nine, therefore I may need to give it a full read just to see how well the creative team does depicting a nine year old girl. Yeah, we had a few issues with yeah. that. <laughs> um, but I think it would be fine for nine year olds to read. Yeah. Well, thanks for the heads up about next month's episode. I'll be sure to tune in. Okay. And this would also be fine for nine-year-olds. Yes, it was. So thank you, Brian. And finally, with an epic-length comment that we'll probably just talk about as we go along, we have Tim Price. Tim! So, it says, Hi, Liz and Nathaniel. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur has been on my Marvel Unlimited queue for a while, so thanks for the excuse to read it. This has become a familiar situation for me. Podcast covers a comic. Current reading list puts it on back burner. I read or reread said comic. Relish the power you have over me. All <laughs> hail, <laughs> all hail the punchers. And you can still call us that, Tim. We love it. Yeah. So he goes on. Mm, yeah, I get the lazy writing comment on this one. The school scenes were rough, and Lunella's teacher should have been fired by now. But maybe this book suffers by comparison. Ms. Marvel and Squirrel Girl set the bar pretty dang high. Oh, yeah, they did. This is Ms. Marvel. Yeah. This is not as good as those books, but talk about fun. Wacky inventions, time travel, silly villains, and a pet dinosaur. I was all in for a devil dinosaur acting like a dog in an oversized body, and my heart went out to Lunella a bunch. My girls have commented at times how the boys in their classes are so distracting and won't work. So, <laughs> so it's oh, a bit I close. I can't imagine that as a teacher. <laughs> it's a bit close to home right now. Yeah, you, you couldn't possibly, now that the school year has started again, you couldn't oh, possibly no. relate. No, I have no idea. And I, I can see, I know what he's talking about. I see that look in, I mean, there's, we have some wound up girls too, but I see that look in some of the girls' eyes sometimes like just. Stop talking. Stop floating out. Just please, please. <laughs> so he tries and tries to solve the mystery of the school catching fire. So, okay, the school catching fire. Here's what I pieced together. The page numbers are in the Marvel Unlimited app, so they probably won't match the trade, but here we go. This is in the BFF part three out of the frying pan. Foreshadowing. On that, that's what that's what he wrote in oh nice in long drawn oh, that's out hysterical. I thought that was you. Nope, that's not even commentary for nice me. Nice job, Jim. Um, <laughs> so, page thirteen. Bully girl chases Lunella into the stall where she disappears into the vent. Note the bullies throw matches and a paper roll after her, and the burning match in front of the toilet at the bottom of the panel. Uh, plus various paper things on the floor. No, if that's what it was, they did not draw proper attention to that at all. Because I did not notice that. I didn't either. Uh, page 15, as fire engulfs the floor from the bathroom stalls. And my guess is one of the matches lit the paper rolls and got hot enough to set the floor on fire. If that's the intention, then yes. 
they did not convey that well at all in the artwork. Thank you for backing us up on that, Tim. The only burning match is nowhere near any flammables and the bathroom floor would be fire resistant tiles. Well, that 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 I might should hope so. That might be nitpick even by my standards, but <laughs> another panel should have uh, should have been included to fill in the blanks. I think the writer and the artist were more interested in showing Devil Dinosaur frantically sniffing the air and playing progress of the fire without showing it, which is quite cute since Lunella has no idea what his problem is. Devil Dinosaur pushing her on page 15 just before ignition was, again, so dog-like, complete. I love Devil Dinosaur. He's so cute. <laughs> complete with plaintive eyes, just aww. Mm -hmm. Again, his exact comment. Yes. No, I, I, I got that this time. Um, yes, and I agree. Devil, I think we were both more fans of Devil Dinosaur than we were of Moon Girl. Yeah, most of the rest of the book, honestly. Yeah. Um, I want to share issue one with my girls when I have a chance. They might actually like this since there's less superheroics, even though they're a bit older than Lunella. We'll see. I think third to fifth graders would dig this book. By any other name, girls can still punch. Till next time, you <laughs> tough punchers, you. We are. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> and so that's gonna wrap it up for us, folks. So thanks so much for tuning in. Um... So, hold on, next month... We're doing death, I think, potentially with someone else. Yes, yes. Next month, we're going to try and do death, high cost of living. Yep. Um, we're going to try and wrangle another person. We, we actually need to, to put that into the works, though, so we'll yes. see about that. We keep being like, oh, right, we need to do that, and then not doing it. Yeah. So, yeah, we need to get, we need to get that going, but that's... I think I'm going to put my foot down and say we're doing that book next month regardless, uh -huh. ideally with another person in. Yes. So uh, we'll see you folks then, or you will hear us then, or I don't understand how this medium works. So <laughs> We're a little confused. <laughs> we, we went to, it was Nathaniel's daughter's birthday today, and we're, we're kind of like recovering from that. It's, poof. A seven-year-old's party is um, is very draining for anyone above the age of eight. So, mm -hmm. um, but thanks so much for listening, folks, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Tough Like a Girl is a Council of Geeks production and a presentation of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Feedback can be left at fireandwaterpodcast.com or on the Facebook page for Fire and Water Podcast and council of geeks our logo art was created by nick buxom and our theme music is composed and performed by erica dreisbach whose other works can be found at ericaricardo.com bye <laughs>